This is the Ukrimedia Podcast with Vladimir Proknevsky, session number 58. Today on the podcast. Face your challenges, I would say. So if you have trouble drawing, I don't know, typically it's hands or faces or whatever, that's one thing that you should do every day. <laughs> people, people tend to avoid the stuff that they, they don't do very well, but actually you should do more of that. I don't consume. I don't watch television. I don't watch movies. I don't. Really? Yeah, I couldn't say I don't use the internet. I do tend to go into internet black holes, but in a very, you know, conscious way. Hey, Ukraine Media family, Vladimir Pragnevsky here, and welcome to another episode of the Ukraine Media Podcast. And today's guest is a very talented children's book illustrator, Simona Ciccarelli. She's half British half Italian, half Swiss, and more than a quarter French. She lives in Switzerland with her husband and two children. But what I find most interesting about Simona is that she wasn't always in the creative field. In fact, Simona spent most of her life working as a research scientist. That's right, a research scientist. Simona switched careers back in 2013 and never looked back. She's a great example that it's never too late to reinvent yourself. No matter how old you are or what career you're in, it is possible. I also interviewed several other guests on this podcast that share a similar path with Simona. You may remember David Aryev from episode 56. He went from neuroscience to motion graphics. Then Ryan Summers episode 50. Ryan switched from science to art. Lloyd Alvarez episode 42. He was pre-med before he switched to motion graphics. And Nick Lyons episode 45. He switched from history major to motion graphics. These talented artists are now doing what they love all because they followed their heart. Nothing stopped them from pursuing their dreams and nothing should stop you. Our past guest Scott Bon Cristiano said it best in episode 51. He said, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. And Scott was another late bloomer. He didn't start drawing until he was 36 years old. And now he's a very talented and a very busy freelance illustrator in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. All that to say that it is never too late to follow your dreams. And now without any further ado, here's my conversation with Simona Ciccarelli. Enjoy. Simona, thank you so much for uh, coming on the call here after all the trouble that I put you through, technical difficulties and everything. Before we jump into talking about your creative journey, share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Okay, uh, this is something actually quite a few people know, but it's still interesting and surprising. I wasn't always in the creative fields. I was actually a research scientist Wow. for most of my life. So. Uh, I worked in research for more than 15 years, um, 11 years in medical research, in private medical research. And then at some point I decided I wanted to revise my life and go back to my original love for illustration and art and just switched careers in 2013. Wow. What a journey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So a research scientist and now you're, you're a children's book illustrator. Oh my gosh. So how does, we got to go back all the way from the very beginning. How did, you, how did you get into all that? Walk me through that. How did you get started? From the this? beginning? From the very oh beginning. Gosh. I'm not the youngest, you know, that could, could get long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Okay. So how did it start? Well, I was a pretty nerdy child, you know, the kind of child that learns programming with 12 and uses our first computer to develop, you know, software to plot algebra equations and stuff like that. And, uh, but I was also into drawing and art and illustration. It was 
like my brother is 10 years older than me and he like he loved uh, heroic fantasy so i was into frazetta and pinups and stuff like that and that's what i drew oh wow and and when it came you know time to choose what to do with my life i sort of stumbled into science you know it seemed like a more viable career somehow than drawing monsters and you know muscled heroes with girls <laughs> so, so yeah so i i became a chemist i i, I got a, a phd in chemistry and i started working in research first at university for a few years and then i went into pharmaceutical research and stayed there for a while and then somehow 2013 midlife crisis call it whatever <laughs> uh, i decided you know what this is not going to be the same thing for the rest of my life, I'm going to do something completely different. And of course, it had to be illustration because that's what I always wanted to do if I hadn't done science. <laughs> so, Do you have any regrets for switching from medical field to or from research, being a research scientist to illustration? Do you, I mean, since you've done that, any regrets at all whatsoever? No, absolutely not. Do you wish you got into it sooner? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes I wish, you know, I had a little bit more of a head start, but at the end of the day, I don't regret any part of my life. I actually had a, a blast doing research. I, uh, you know, it's, it's also a very remunerative kind of activity. So it, it got me a very good financial standing and, you know, I traveled a lot. I, you know, I worked with a lot of, of different people across the world and that also opened a little bit the horizons. And I think it, you know, it, it made my approach to art a little bit different and, I, I cannot regret what I am. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. You said it made your approach to art a little different. How so? Uh, well, I, you know, I was maybe when people decide to go into art, I don't know what the first thing I do, but being, you know, primed in the academic world, the first thing I do was go back at university. So I actually got a master in visual development. Oh. Um, as the first thing and, and then because I, you know, I was very familiar with computers and software and it was very easy for me to hop into digital art and to, and to evolve from there. Um, I worked as a creative director for a couple of years from 2014 to 2016. So I was, you know, hiring and training people or um, working with people uh, who were doing animation and motion design and video production and it, it definitely helped to have a, a little bit of familiarity with all the technical aspects. How was the switch from research scientist to what you do today? Was it pretty smooth for you? Um, it, it wasn't problematic. It took quite a long, long time. Um, so in 2013, so I, I enrolled in, in an MFA, MFA program in 2011. And 2013, I got this opportunity to do an internship in scientific communication, and I just took it. I dropped every, basically everything I was doing and stepped on a temporary role in, in scientific comms. And there I was a little bit of a jack of all trades. I was already working with, um, you know, in animation at, at university. I was studying visual development. I was working with Flash and After Effects and stuff like that. And I started doing a lot of stuff during this year and, you know, just trying to be the, to do the best work I could possibly do in that field. And that apparently convinced a lot of people that I could take on a creative direction role and, and actually lead a creative team. 
So I got the opportunity to, to jump into a permanent position in 2014 and actually build an, the internal creative team of the corporation I was working with. Now, during this process, when, when you were kind of reinventing yourself, you went from one thing to another thing, have you ever, because right now you're already on the other side, everything's, you're obviously producing beautiful work. By the way, my kids were looking at your work, they were like, is this real or is this, <laughs> is this something amazing? <laughs> I'm like, no, this is real stuff. And they were very impressed, by the way. And, but during that Thank time, you. during that transition, have you ever questioned yourself? Have you ever thought to yourself, you know, I'm, I'm making a mistake. What am I doing? Any of those thoughts went through, through your mind? I don't think I've ever thought I was making a mistake because it just felt so good. <laughs> but quest- questioning myself, yes. I mean, who doesn't? Right. I was thinking all the time, I'm too old. What am I doing here? Especially when I decided to drop out, you know, to... So I have a 50% contract now doing... I, I do illustration, a little bit of art direction and graphical work for the same company. But the rest of, of the time, I freelance as children's book illustrator. And that, trans, that transition was sprayed with doubt. Yes. That stepping out of, of the whole career path and starting fresh in freelancing, which is a very daunting uh, <laughs> career <laughs> where you really don't know what you're doing and you really don't know if you're ever getting there. Uh, that, was, that was quite, yeah, it created a little bit of anxiety. Now, what advice would you give to someone who is working, let's say, kind of in a similar situation that you were in? Let's say they're in their career, but they don't love what they do, and they want to have this switch, reinvent themselves into something that they always want to do for the rest of their lives. What advice would you give to that person? Are there any tips, tactics, advice, anything that can apply to their personal life? I think what, what you know, the one thing I have to say is you have to hustle. You have to hustle double or triple what a, a person who starts in that career has to do. And that's something that is a little bit difficult for people to swallow. I mean, people contact me often to ask about career swapping, especially, you know, entering a creative field. And uh, I, don't know, they, I had this guy who came and said, oh, you, he, wants, he really wants to do infographics. And I asked him, so have you ever done an infographic? And he says, no, I, you know, I never have the time. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, that's not the best of stars. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get more time, right? You got to find it. Yeah, you got to find it and nobody's going to ever trust you with a job doing infographics if you don't demonstrate that you can do it. That's, you know, that's the long and short of it. So you need, you need to hustle. You need to keep, you know, shot in the dark and, and hope that somebody will pick you up, but you have to do the work first. You know, the reason I, I entered, I, I had this opportunity to do scientific content because I was doing cartoons all the time while I was working in research. So somebody... So my cartoons and said, oh, you know, we can use that. And and so I had the chance to, to get into, into science comms. It it would never have happened, uh, you know, just out of the blue. Now, why children's books? How come you decided to niche down to just the children's world? Um, Well, I mean, the corporate world can be a little bit demotivating sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, but the real reason I think I, thought I switched into children's is because when I was uh, when I was studying VizDev, I was doing concept art for animation films, and that was my focus. And I and I really enjoyed that. Actually, I was very surprised how much I enjoyed doing that. So I, you know, when I graduated, and I realized I cannot really work as a VizDev artist because I 
I live in Switzerland. There is no art department around here. I would have to relocate, which I couldn't and cannot do. So I decided the closest, the closest fit to the kind of work I was doing and the kind of work I did for the past two years would be children's illustration. And, you know, I love illustrated books. I really, I collect a lot of them. So it, it felt really good to be part of that world, to be able to contribute my own creation to that kind of world. No, and your work is beautiful. You're, you're clearly in the right field that you're supposed to, you're meant for, because it's just amazing. It really is beautiful. It caught my attention. I was scrolling through. I think I found you on Behance, and I was just like, this just looks so good. It's so colorful, so bright. There's just so much personality. <laughs> it's just hard not to, I don't know, you just want to print it out and put it on the shelf because it was that good. And then I got my kids together. And I was like, look at this stuff. This looks so cool. I think I even saw some of your artwork somewhere because it just, you have a unique style that, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you look at somebody's work, you can tell their personality is in it. And I feel like I've probably seen you work somewhere because I have two kids. I have a five and a half year old and, uh, and a three year old. And so I know I've probably seen some of your work somewhere. <laughs> now I'm curious, That's cool. what should, what should artists, especially art students should be doing constantly, whether it's on a daily basis or just as much as possible. Is there anything that you would any kind of advice you would pass on to the students or anything they could do every single day to, to better themselves? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. That's a tough one because there are so many things. So one thing is face your, face your challenges, I would say. So if you have trouble drawing, I don't know, typically it's hands or faces or whatever, that's one thing that you should do every day. <laughs> People... People tend to avoid the stuff that they, they don't do very well, but actually you should do more of that. Uh, so I remember, I don't know, I remember filling sketchbooks after sketchbook of hands because I had trouble drawing hands or really? faces. So that's something, that's an advice I could give to students. But also, I mean, really, you, you need to love it. It's amazing how many people say they want to, to work in a creative field, but when you look at at how they spend their time, they don't do anything creative. And I think you have to breathe it somehow. You have to to eat and draw and breathe and draw and sleep and draw somehow for a number of years. No, that's great advice. And you're a mom, uh, you're a mother of two, right? Am I correct? You have two yes, children? Yes, that's, that's true. Yeah, seven and 11. And, and you're, you're married. You said your husband is German. It's crazy. You guys are like international. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> you're half British, half Italian, half Swiss, and more than a quarter of French. I think that's what the website said. So you're kind of, yes. you're truly an immigrant. You've been everywhere. You've done everything. And uh, you're, it seems like you're switching different careers. You just can't stop. Now I'm curious because you're a mom of two. How do you balance your personal life and work? Do you have any advice for us? Which in personal life? <laughs> what is, it's an old wooden ship <laughs> uh, I hear you uh, I, you know I don't know I have the same time as everybody else I just mm -hmm. maybe use it differently I have an extremely strong time discipline mm. I, I think that's probably something that strikes everyone that works with me I'm curious to hear more about that list. Do you have like a calendar that you follow religiously? Is there like a daily routine that you have? Anything like that? Yes, I have. I have. I live by the to-do list. <laughs> I know there are people that don't like that, but I love to-do lists. They help me feel in control and they help me keep, you know, keep on track on, on projects. And I do a to-do, I do the weekly to-do list every Sunday and I do the monthly to-do list at the end of the month. 
I don't consume. I don't watch television. I don't watch movies. I don't. Really? Yeah, I couldn't say I don't use the internet. I do tend to go into internet black holes, but in a very, you know, conscious way. How come? I'm curious. Why, why don't you, is there a reason behind why you don't consume watching TV and the internet and all that stuff? Well, it was a decision when I decided to switch careers and, and go back to school. So I was working full time and I had one child at that time and I had a second child underway. And I, I called, you know, when I enrolled at the academy in San Francisco, they, they told me you need at least 25 hours a week, at least 25 to 30. Wow. So I sat down with a piece of paper. I counted the number of hours in a week and how many hours I'm working and how many hours I'm sleeping and how many hours <laughs> I need for shopping and commuting and taking care of things. And that left something like 40 or 50 hours of which of course some had to be dedicated to the children. So, you know, it was a hard calculation. It basically you have to cut out everything else. There's no time for friends. There's no time for going out. And there's no time for entertainment. <laughs> Wow, that's very uh, disciplined there. Where did where did that discipline come from? Is it just because you truly want to be successful in your field, or has it? Were you always like this from the very beginning? I guess a part of it is personality. I think it's. I mean, I'm a little bit of a bulldog. If I decide <laughs> I do something, I'll do it. You know, it's, um, it doesn't matter what it takes, and and it it worked so well. I mean, I, I it took me. Ten or eleven semesters to graduate, so it was much slower than a normal student. But still, I got it through. And and after after school was finished, uh, I thought, well, there's no reason to give up the discipline. You know, after six years you've been doing this, you can keep it. And yeah, how do you not get sidetracked? For example, there are a lot of great things that people want to do. Like for example, like some, especially those that are generalists. You know, they try to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I know that if you spread yourself out a mile wide, then you're, you're not going to accomplish everything. How do you stay laser focused? Do you have a tip for that? I'm not laser focused at all. <laughs> Interesting. How, is that how you stay so creative because you're not so laser focused? You try to explore a lot of other things? Actually, that's my major issue. I can't focus on one thing for too long. <laughs> that's um, what you wrote to right there too. I'm I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm not I'm not focused at all. I I mean, there is uh, my children's illustration work. That's what you see. And that's what I publish. I do graphic work, icon icons, and stuff like that for the company that pays me twenty hours a week. I do motion design now and then. I mean, wow. I did. This, okay. I did the trailer for my book that's coming out in April, my first trade book. So I, I spent two weeks in January doing animation on that stuff. So wow. And I have other stuff going on that nobody sees because I don't publish it. But maybe at one point I will create an alias. What kind of stuff is it? I mean, just out of curiosity here. <laughs> if, if it's not a secret, that is. No, it's not a secret. I'm developing a second portfolio with a much, much more graphical flat style in Illustrator. And uh, I am uh, trying to enter the art licensing world with it. So my aim is at the end of the year to have an art licensing portfolio that I can publish somewhere else, probably with a different name. I'm not sure yet Interesting. to try to, to get into art licensing. 
I also do 3D modeling. I mean, I did a lot of stuff. <laughs> You've done everything, which 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 is interesting. Like, is is there anything else that you want to venture in, other than uh, I guess in the creative field? Like, do you think at some point you will switch to something else as well, or do you think this is it? This is your final destination. You found your happy place, and you're gonna be there for a while. Well, I don't know. I just I just collected a book on map making. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's- Interesting. I think that's what contributes to your creativity so much because you've done everything and from every little thing that you do from from being a research scientist to all these other things, you just carry over something from that field as well. And I think you just evolved to even better and better, better artists. Would you agree with that? Maybe. I definitely carry some stuff over. I think my problem is that I'm I'm a software addict. You know, whenever there is a new piece Uh. of software... I sort of have to try it out. So. <laughs> I see. Now, I'm curious. Cause I always ask this question. Everyone who comes on the show always asks them this, two questions. Now, first one is, I would love to hear your worst moment in your creative journey. You know, it could be anything from a client from hell or just, you know, some kind of terrible experience working on a project. And usually the other question that I ask is your best moment. So let's start with your worst. Can you tell us your worst moment? Yeah, that's a very challenging question because I don't, I don't remember any truly bad moment. I think, you know, when I, when I graduated, I felt very lost. That was probably the worst time. Uh, it was not a moment. It was a phase, you know, the road was not clear. What do I do next? I knew I couldn't work in this dev, but I wasn't, you know, I was looking at children's illustration, but I wasn't sure how to get in there. You know, living in Switzerland, you feel a little bit cut out from everything important and interesting somehow, especially in in the illustration world. I mean, if you were doing design, yes, but illustration, it's not really a big thing here. I see. And, you know, it's, yeah, it felt, it felt very, I felt like this feeling that you're out of the, out, out of the citadel and you don't know how to get in and you're camping somewhere in in the wilderness <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably the worst moment and it took me about six months to uh, to take a decision to you know go for it and, and take a 50 percent contract reduce my working hours and try to really enter freelance but i was very i felt very unsafe at that point now making that decision how how did that work out for you was it a good decision it was a good decision. I think the verdict, the final verdict is still out because I, I still couldn't finance myself completely with illustration work, but it's getting better. I mean, it's two years now. The first year was definitely disaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the second year was considerably better. The third year has just started. So if it's if it continues to grow at the same rate, I think it's, it's looking okay. Now, what? how did you stay motivated during the, that first year? Is there anything that helped you to stay, I guess, more motivated than anything? Oh, I don't think I have a magic recipe for that. <laughs> um, Perseverance, right? Yes, it's, it's, you keep doing the moves even when they don't work. That's actually the best advice I got from a mentor was trust the process. 
Nobody's looking at your work, just keep doing work. Nobody's visiting your website, just keep posting your stuff. You know, nobody's is writing to you, yeah, just keep contacting people or sending out postcards or doing whatever you, you need to do. But you need to do trust that if you keep working, if you keep hustling, at some point it will turn out. And uh, that's the only advice I can, I can give, really. You have to trust the process. Do you, uh, during that time, have you ever had a, a moment where you felt burnout or felt like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this? Yes, <laughs> but that was when I was already having work. So at the end of last year, I had between September and December, I had five books. Wow. And I ended, you know, delivered the final batch of illustrations just before Christmas. And I thought this, this is not sustainable. I can't go on this way. I need. I took almost a month of pause after that. No, three weeks. Wow. Now, as usual, you know, I asked you your worst moment. I, I gotta ask you your best moment. What was that best moment for you in your creative journey? Well, the best moment just happened. Oh, yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I was uh, in New York last week. I visited my publisher, Sterling Publishing, and. I got the first to hold the first advanced copy of my first trade book. Wow. And wow. that was very, very exciting. I, it's, it's really difficult to describe what it means to have something you created in your hands as a product. And you know, it's going to go into shops and it's going to go to the readers and, and to the children all over the world. And it's, I know it's a, it's a really weird feeling. I've never had anything like that. <laughs> no, like, congratulations. That's a big deal. Now, I'm, I'm curious because you have two kids. Are they following your path? Or are they in the art as well? Or are they in something completely different? Uh, they are. I mean, they're kids, right? Yeah, they they are interested in art. And of course, they have access to tools that other kids their age don't even know exist. That's true. <laughs> right. Lucky them. Um, I mean, my, my son draws on Procreate. Wow. <laughs> He's seven. He's so much more ahead than most kids. Wow, his future is looking bright already. If he wants to stay in that field, yes. But I think for them too, it, it really dawned on them what I'm doing the moment I brought home this this book. Uh, I think that's the moment they realized and I dedicated it to them. So of course it's exhilarating for them too. That's um, awesome. I think that's, that's the moment where they realize what's going on really. Now, I, I have to ask, because, you know, you're a mom, you have two kids, you're married. How many hours do you work throughout the day? What does your normal day looks like? Um, okay, so I still have a 20-hour contract uh, with a company that, that you know, um, where I basically hire illustrators for them and do some illustration work myself and do graphical work. And I work Mondays, Tuesdays, and Friday mornings in in our office with them then i have wednesday and thursday are completely dedicated to illustration work and friday afternoon i have the kids so nothing much happens and i work about three or four hours every day in the evenings illustration project wow so you work a lot how many hours uh, do you usually get of sleep six six hours so that's yes. like your your perfect amount if you sleep less that that's when you're you start feeling it right 
That's down to a science. Yes, I need six hours. <laughs> down to a science. Six hours. Now, are you, are you a coffee drinker? Yes. So you got to have a cup of coffee in the morning to get you going? Absolutely. Is, um, I don't keep asking you about all these routinal, you know, just all these different things. Now, what about, what time do you get up in the morning? 6.15. 6.15. Wow. Wow. Six hours of sleep, get up at 6.15. But it's interesting because you do kind of have a very set schedule. You, you broke down the week to, it's very efficient. W- would you say that's the key to your success overall? I think time management is very big for me. I think, yeah, I, that's my advice to people often is to get into time management in a very strict and detailed way. And I know it sounds harsh and, and many people think it's going to take away their freedom, but actually gives you a lot of freedom, especially when, when you're a little bit more experienced in, in the creative fields and you know exactly how much time certain tasks take, then you can really, not, you know, you can relax a complete Sunday and just be out with your family and not think about work at all because you know it's scheduled and there is enough time. Right. No, that's that's good advice. And I think that's something that a lot of creatives struggle with because most creatives are kind of uh, not, if, I'm not saying, I don't want to put everybody in the same category, but a lot of creatives are not very timely people. They're just kind of in the clouds kind of thing. And I think that's something that serves like my wife, for example, she always says, if you don't add it to your calendar, it will never happen. So you got to work yeah. that calendar. If we don't schedule dates, I have, I schedule personal time with my kids. Every Tuesday, for example, it's my personal evening where I can do whatever I want to. No guilt. I can go play soccer or, you know, work on some kind of skill or something. And then once a week, I have a time with my, one of my children. We alternate. And then we have Fridays, my, my time with my wife. And so we know it's on the calendar. We know it's going to happen. But if we don't schedule it, you can go months without really have quality time with your kids or your spouse or your friends. And I think that's uh, that's something that was the key to my success. And I'm very excited to hear that it's also the same for you. So that's awesome. Yeah, it definitely is. To me, time management is, is a key to freedom and to, you know, reaching your goals. Do you use any software like, uh, I don't know, Calendar, like Google Calendar or anything like that? Or is it all paper? It's old paper. Old school like that. That's what I like. Something about paper when you write it down. And that's the only paper thing in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Simona, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry for all the technical difficulties that we had to experience during this call, but I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess one last question. How can people get in touch with you? How can people get in touch with me? Um, Well, uh, they can visit my website, www.smchickarelli.com. And I have my contact information there, email and everything. And also my social media handles are there. So that's probably the easiest access. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Simona. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This was perfect. I'm so happy that it actually worked out. (laughs) All the technical difficulties, but I really appreciate you being, I don't know, just toughing it out with me, not quitting on me, you know, all these I've never had so many tef- technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on with the networks or whatever, but I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And keep producing beautiful work because your work is just amazing. I, I, I still Thank can't you. believe that a human being can create something that beautiful and that perfect. That is awesome. Uh, I'm just an average illustrator. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say average. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen average illustrators. Uh, that's me. No, I'm not. I wish I, I can't draw. Now, what advice would you give to someone to, to, who can improve or 
for example, I always wanted to draw. It was something that's I never quite mastered. But what advice would you give to someone who wants to become better at drawing? To become better at drawing. What kinds so of things draw. can I start drawing? What kind of well I get overwhelmed. I start drawing things that are so complex and I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I can't draw this. Like what where, where should I start? Yeah, I know, but if I tell you you should draw cubes and, and cylinders, you're gonna kid on me because it's boring like hell. It is boring. <laughs> it is very boring. <laughs> so that's you know, but that's really what it takes. Um, Start. I had to learn it the hard way too because I, I when I started art school I thought I could draw. Mm -hmm. Turned out I couldn't. Um, really? Wait, wait, wait. You started. You didn't know how to draw. Well, of course. I mean, I I thought I knew how to draw. I had drawn all oh, my I life. Think that's right? good. But it wasn't like the the one the way that they wanted you to draw, right? Exactly. But you know, when when you get into art school and you realize, well, you can draw if you know you can copy stuff or put stuff together, but. You know, try to draw a man out of your head that breaks apart instantly. Uh, I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that. Wow. So how do you draw that? How do you how do you use your imagination to draw? Can you, like, is there a skill to do that? Or is it just practice and practice and practice? I'm afraid it's just practice and practice and practice. See, and it's, no shortcuts. It, no. And it took me a good three, three or four years of art school before I was able to do that. And, and I still remember when that happened, you know, I still have a page in my sketchbook where I drew my first human figure without reference. And it was such an amazing moment. And I thought wow. everything's going to be easy from now on, but it wasn't. <laughs> so it's kind of like you get, you get a breakthrough, then you, you, you're kind of rejoicing, then you hit another wall, right? And there's, <laughs> yes. there's always walls. There's always levels. You think you arrived, but then you realize that there are people more advanced, <laughs> right? Oh, it's hard to believe, yeah. looking at your work, it's hard to believe there are people better than you. But do you feel of like you've arrived? There are. No, absolutely not. Wow. <laughs> not even remotely. Wow. Um, That's interesting. No. I hate my work. Don't you know? Everybody does. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. My brother, my twin brother, he's a Fox Sports uh, animator. He used to work with Fox Sports animator, like did the motion graphics for him. And it's, that's exactly what he said. He's like, ah, man, I don't think I'm that good. Or, but he did work, you know, international work. And, but he's like, ah, it's crap. Ah. Yes. Why is it like that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think there is a graph somewhere. I saw somewhere that your perception of art grows at a different rate than your ability to do art. And it's always a step ahead. So, you know, you, you always like you're more able to see the mistakes and, and the stuff that doesn't work. Uh, the more you, you work, the more you become able to see the mistakes. And so you're always playing catch up. <laughs> Interesting. Now, do you, do you ever get to the point to where you're content or is it never, never, <laughs> you're never satisfied? I think I've, I've got friends with the fact that it's never going to happen. It's just not part of the road. You, you're never arrived. And that's the sad, because most people want to arrive. And then when they realize that there is no such thing as arrival, can, can, can that discourage someone? I mean, wouldn't that, but then, then again, it's in a way, it's kind of awesome that there's always another level to, to move up to, that you don't have to be in the same level. There's always something better, greater. That In a way, that's encouraging, right? Yeah, you have to love the journey. You have to love the journey. There is no destination. 
No destination. They have to love the journey. Man, this is this is awesome. I love that. Because it is like, it's especially, you know, I quit about a year ago. I quit my full-time job to do what we do with my twin brother. And it's you. I thought that we would be, when we get to this level, it's going to be this way. When you get to that level, it's going to be this way. But I'm learning more and more that... There is no such thing as a rival. It's true. You mm-hmm. got to enjoy the process. You got to love the process. If you don't love the process, you're going to lose because there's you're going against people who love what they do, you know? And uh, so there's there's that ingredient, love and perseverance and consistency and putting things in the calendar and not rely on your emotions and feelings, but actually that's, that's why I schedule things because if I don't feel like doing the interview, it's scheduled. There's no way to... Get out of it, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that. It's scheduled. Simona is coming on. I don't. If if I don't feel like I, you know, I can do a good job, like it's too late. Gotta hit record and go for it, right? And but in a way, there's there's freedom in that, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Well, Simona, thank you so much. I don't want to hold up any more of your time. I don't know how late it is over there where you are right now. I'm assuming it's probably super late, right? It's a quarter to 11, but don't worry. Still have one and a half hours work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Zimona, thank you so much again. I, I'm going to send you the, the final copy for you to, to, to listen to. And, it, you know, anything can be cut out afterwards. If there's anything you don't like, I would be more than happy to edit out. But again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and for the exposure and everything. Awesome. Thank you. Take Bye. care, Zimona. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it on social media. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to Ukraine Media Podcast on iTunes. That all helps a lot in ranking the show, and it would be greatly appreciated. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email me at vladimir at ukramedia.com. And as always, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukramedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,500 talented people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow. And it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukramedia podcast. Bye-bye.